Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody jump! Ah, yes, yes, yes. A good Tuesday morning to you, one and all. Taz, the most of you, coming to you live from the Rocky Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocky Mortgage. With you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Mike Pete across the way. Bogish with your updates. Also sitting in for the vacationing task here on this Tuesday morning. As we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. The next three hours right here on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. That is your number to call. Thank you very much, Bilotti. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing, bud? Moose, I'm doing well. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, Tuesday. It is a Tuesday, an action-packed Tuesday. I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? All right? Yeah. Pumped up, awake. Mikey B is back. I know. We almost have a full family again. Things I know. are looking Mike up. Mike back from the Berg, so uh, he enjoyed his vacation. So Just it went by very, very quickly. himself in the face with his headphones, so what? he's in mid-season form. Yes. Well, he's. I mean, he's Mikey B, so it's good to have him back in the fold. Jane Slater's uh, going to join us a little later on the program, NFL Network reporter. Uh, covers the uh, Dallas Cowboys, so looking forward to uh, chatting with Jane a little later on the program. Uh, but we'll begin our journey this morning, uh, Andrew, out in Cleveland, Ohio, with the Browns and kind of, uh, you know, he said, he said kind of a scenario between uh, Bob Wiley, the former offensive line coach, uh, who we know last year from Hard Knocks fame, uh, you know, the movable belly, uh, what he <laughs> would say, hut hut, um, and uh, everyone having a good time with that, and he's been making the rounds. Uh, I know he's on with Zach and uh, Zach Gelb here on CBS Sports Radio and, and, and doing a number of other different things as well, and also with Freddie Kitchens, the current head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Let's hear Wiley first. Here he is talking about the fact of the uh, the very fact that he was surprised that Kitchens got the job. Take a listen. That shocked me a little bit because Greg Williams actually turned the team around. Greg Williams did in the second half of the season that his work. That was his work that got it to where it is. Okay. And then, no, Greg wasn't. He got the interview. Okay. But I think Greg, my own personal feeling, is Greg was too strong a candidate for the seat. And I don't think Dorsey wanted to go head to head. Okay. Like he had to do with Andy Reid, you know, in Kansas City. So he kind of filtered Greg out of the picture, you know, and he kept the search going. And then Freddie, who Baker likes Freddie, there's a good relationship there. Even though Kenny Zampezi did all the coaching there. Okay? You know, Baker likes Freddie, so they, that had a filter into the decision right, to teach Freddie because he didn't have any coordinating experience. And he 
does have any head coaching experience. Now, Greg Williams had coaching experience. You could tell that it came out. That team, right, the team played, and it played hard. Okay, and it was wonderful to watch the kids play under Greg. Well, listen, uh, there's no love lost between the two, right? So Wiley basically telling you that another guy did all the work, um, that it was under Greg Williams that the the organization, the team, turned it around under his direction, uh, kind of uh, playing to the point that Freddie Kitchens was a Mayfield guy. That's why Kitchens is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And Wiley would also go on to explain, not in that interview, but in another, that uh, it was in the hospital uh, when he was told that he was being let go or being fired as offensive line coach, where I guess he was called and uh, did not receive the phone. He, he was in the hospital when it, when a call was made to him. No message was left. Um, and um, that's how he found out uh, or he got an inkling that he was being let go as the offensive line coach of the Cleveland Browns now. Kitchens came back and fired back at his offensive line coach, said he would, former offensive line coach, saying he would fire any assistant who was basically a mole or a leak yeah. uh, to the media. Well, first of all, let's, ha- let's have this happen. I need to see him fire an important assistant. You want to kick out a quality control guy for leaking? That's great. I need one of his coordinators to whisper something to a reporter and for Freddie to find out and to fire that guy midseason. Uh, I want to see him actually have to do this. But but here's the thing. Bob Wiley was not an anonymous source. Bob Wiley said this into a mic or into a phone on the radio with his name attached to it. That's not what's going on here. So, I mean, Freddie can, you know, can lay his foot down here and, and make this rule and fine. It's all well and good. And But everyone's had anonymous sources. But that's not the problem here. The problem here is that Bob Wiley spoke Bob Wiley's beliefs out loud on the record, and unfortunately for Freddie, they're not necessarily all that flattering, and he should just kind of move on and say, you know what, Bob's not here anymore, and uh, we're focused on on now. So I'm, I'm just going to stop commenting on this. Well, right, and and but I mean, I, I guess he's referencing to when Wiley was part of the staff, right? I mean, when I don't think he's referencing, in essence, what him doing the interview with Gelb here on CBS Sports Radio or doing anything now, right? I mean, I, I think he's, I think it's in essence, basically when when he was on that Brown staff. Here is Kitchens talking about Wiley. Take a listen. I never wanted any uh, appreciation. I've never asked for any tooting of my horn or anything like that. But we seem to ask for it. But what about the players? What did the players do? Did they have anything to do with the turnaround? Because I really, truly feel that this game is about the players. It's not about me. It's not about Bob. It's not about the staff. We are in, our job is to get them ready to play. It's about them. But when do they get their credit? Because they had to make a conscious decision to turn it around, and they did that. So I would say that about the comments. It's, it's, it, it doesn't matter. Bob doesn't wear brown and orange anymore. All right? I had the opportunity to hire Bob. I didn't want to. I went to the hospital to see Bob. Every week he was in the hospital. All right? I FaceTimed Bob before every game, before we went out as a staff, just so he would continue to feel a part of it. So at what point does Bob realize that it was the players and not the coaches that turned it around. I guess, I mean, listen, um, there's uh, a wave of emotion, uh, certainly uh, on the uh, on the extent of Wiley not being a part of it, continuing to not be a part of it out in Cleveland, Ohio. 
uh, as a part of that Brown staff. Uh, maybe feeling a little bit burned as well that he's not part of it. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I'll take Freddie Kitchens at his word that he did visit him at the hospital. I'll take Kitchens at his word that he did FaceTime him uh, before every game, before the staff went out there uh, home or away uh, when Wiley was in the hospital. Um I think it's it's raw motion. I think you have a guy that clearly feels like he got burned in Wiley that's looking for his kind of pound of flesh and is taking it out on kitchens. Yeah, and that, and that's I mean I get it and then you need to understand Bob Wiley's, you know, where he's coming from to understand, you know, the context of his of these comments, that's fine. Uh and I what in the middle there what Freddie said of Bob's not here anymore. It doesn't matter. Like that's that should be the end of the conversation. And then we and then we move on. I, you know, there's other stuff that Freddie said yesterday about, you know, was you know, was annoyed. This is a question and was t- telling the media they shouldn't have to worry about this and bring it up. I, he can spare me all that stuff too. Just simply, the answer is Bob's not here anymore. Where I didn't hire him for a reason, and we move on. Yeah, I know, but isn't that easier said than done? When somebody comes out and basically, not uh, you know, uh, tell hops on national sports radio and basically tells you that um, he didn't deserve the job. Don't you feel if you're in that position that you have to defend yourself? I mean, isn't well, it easier said than done to to just be like, oh, I'm going to go out there and take the high road? I mean, it's not Kitchens that's calling out Wiley. He didn't talk about the job that he did. Or the fact that they wanted to move in another direction. He's not throwing him under the bus, but it's Wiley that basically is telling you, you know, Zampezi and Williams, this and that, and that, you know, the reason, you know, you know, uh, intimating that the reason why Kitchens has the job is that he's good friends with Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, right, would that is- bother you if you are uh, if you're a guy that worked your rear end off for this opportunity and now you're the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, or you'd have to take the high road there? Well, it can bother you. I just think you shouldn't in any you shouldn't come close to feeding the fire. And by the way, Bob Wiley said it, but the idea that that Baker Mayfield got Freddie Kitchens hired has been the theory from a lot of people from the the second that Freddie Kitchens got hired was that this was to make Baker happy. So this is not a new thought that Freddie Kitchens should be hearing out loud. And but it's also from a guy that if you went and did all that, if you were Kitchens and you went to the hospital and you were FaceTiming him before games and you did everything you could to make sure when he was under the weather and was sick that he was feeling a part of it, and then that guy hops on and does an interview and throws you under the bus, that's the difference. Well, sure, but again, I mean, so that, again, that's the difference. Someone and- that someone that you thought was a friend, someone that you trusted, someone that you made sure to keep involved when other guys were probably could care less whether or not he was involved or not, and it's that guy that's coming out there and throwing you under the bus. That yeah. would that would annoy me. Well, it, that sure. would irritate me. That would anger me. The other side of it is that Freddie Kitchens only kept one person on this staff from last year. And obviously, other guys. You know, Greg Williams wasn't going to come back after getting passed over. And Ken Zampezi, I think, is now, I think he's like a not an official assistant coach for the Florida Gators. I think that's where he is now. So, but you only, we only brought back one person that he could have brought back from that staff. So, Bob Wiley is not the only guy that apparently is pissed about the way things have gone down. So, you know, there's two sides to this. Yes, Freddie Kitchens can be insulted, he can be hurt by what Bob Wiley said. Um, but there's also a reason why guys might be might think that Freddie needs to hear a couple of harsh things because they think that maybe Freddie's putting too much. You know, he can talk about it's the players that did this, it's the players that did that. But but the assistants that don't have jobs again 
who thought they were helping Freddie Kitchens turn things around this year and then didn't get rewarded by keeping their jobs or staying with him now that he's the head coach, you know, maybe they think that he needs a little slap in the face here too. Well, so, but why, so, but why is that? I mean, there's, there's, unless you've got a guaranteed contract year to year, you're working on as, as an assistant coach. I mean, usually coordinators get multi-year deals, but that wasn't a kitchen staff. I mean, it, you're not right. looking at, I mean, it was, but Greg it was Williams took over as interim coach. Um, you know, for the fired head coach. So, I mean, you look at it, it, it's not like Freddie stepped into a scenario, hired all these guys, and then six months later, firing them all. No, but it's also, it's also, I mean, it seems odd to me that these guys that were this group of guys after Hugh Jackson was let go, um, they have this little mini rally and things are going well and they look at least closer to what we thought they were going to look like. And then one of them gets the job and only when he keeps one, I think, relatively low-level guy with him, you'd think that there would have been somebody else or two or three guys in that room that he might say, you know what, let's keep this going, guys. And I was already, you know, it, 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 this is not an outside Unless guy coming like in. he felt like the staff wasn't good enough. Yeah, so, so and, and maybe he did, and maybe there are hard feelings on both sides here. The point to me is you just, this doesn't need to go back and forth anymore. Let Bob Wiley talk, let anybody else talk all they want. Freddie Kitchen should yeah, just but- keep muttering the one line he did and yesterday, and, that, and that's it. But if if you're Wiley and you're looking to get a you know at some point you're looking to try and get yourself another job in the National Football League if if you're Bob Wiley uh, you know, don't you look worse for the wear as compared to anything else I mean you're the one that's airing the dirty laundry oh of you're, course you're the one that is 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 uh, pulling the curtain down so to speak you're telling me exactly what happened behind the scenes you're you're taking the the shine off what's going on in Cleveland because you're minimizing the impact and the hiring of Freddie Kitchens about what he could do, saying it was some other guy's, you know, it was, it was under the stewardship of Greg Williams, the reason why the, uh, the team turned it around. And listen, for Kitchens to come out and tell you it's all about the players, well, if it's all about the players, then head coaches mean nothing. Where right. We know that is complete and utter nonsense. I mean, head coaches do mean a lot in the National Football League and play a big role in terms of whether or not you win or lose. Now, you have to have talent. You have to have a quarterback. you got to... You got to have certain positions needed to be filled, but head coaches play a massive role. To so for him to come out and say, "Well, isn't it just about the players?" No, it's it's not just about the players. But if I'm Kitchens, yeah, I'm going to say that. I'm going to tell you everything that I said yesterday. I'm going to be bothered by the fact that um, that Wiley said what he said. I'm I'm not going to. I'm you know I want if I'm get a head coaching job, I want to bring my guys in. I don't want to have holdovers from the staff of Hugh Jackson. Uh, being on my staff because I want to have guys that are my guys on that staff here moving forward. I think that to me all makes sense. I don't know exactly between the relational issue between Wiley and, and Kitchens that he decides that he needs to come out at this stage with training camp going on and spill the beans the way that he has. I think to me that is the fascinating aspect in terms of what went awry there to where Wiley feels that he needs to say what he's saying right now? Yeah, I mean, and maybe Zach Gelb should just leave Cleveland alone, right? He, keeps, he interviewed Hugh Jackson a couple of weeks ago and stirred more stuff up yes. with Baker Mayfield and now with this as well. I mean, look, Bob Wiley's now, I, I think I saw him on ESPN last week, so, you know, he's, he's out Making there. Making the rounds. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's out there now, so he's going to say stuff, and he wanted to stay, you know, keep working with, in Cleveland, it appears, and that wasn't, wasn't going to be possible, so here he is. So again, everything he says, take with a grain of salt, um, but, the, but the, to me, the bigger picture here is the Browns, for a number of different reasons, some warranted, some not, you know, have this big target on their back, and there's going to be people who are going to take shots at them whether it's their inexperienced head coach who some people think have this job because 
he and Baker Mayfield are buddies. And Baker Mayfield, uh, who is the you know one of the most popular sports figures, period, right now, he better play well, or he's going to get all this stuff thrown back in his face. It, I just the thing that that can't happen here is they can't get too sensitive. They can't hear all of these things. They can't let all of these things get into their room and worry about these two things, you know, these two or three things that keep popping up on a week to week basis. And for the most part, Freddie Kitchens did a good job yesterday about nipping this in the bud, one or two sentences, and we move on. There were a couple of things on either end of the spectrum where, it, to me, was a little, you know, preachy of "Don't ask me this." And what, how about what about the attendance at at the workout? Let's talk about that. Like. Answer the question nicely, briefly, and then move on. And just be ready for people to keep saying bad things about you because that's where you guys are now, which in the end, Moose, is kind of a good thing because yeah. now they're relevant and people care about them. Right. So you're going to have people who are just by then default not like you and take shots at you and try and pull you apart. So they just need to be ready for this to keep happening because it's going to. All right, um, and I, I I don't disagree with you. The target is on the back of the Browns. Everyone's expected big things. Everyone you know is outside the Pittsburgh area is thinking that they're going to win that AFC North. Uh, they come in with a lot of talent. You know they've got a got a lot of guys on the team that have got a distinct personalities. They're basically telling you, you know, come get us. Uh, that type of mentality. To, uh, so I, I I understand all that. I think from. Wiley, he does himself no favors to try and get another job in the National Football League right. if he wants another job in the National Football League because I don't know if there's another coach out there, unless he's best friends with, that's actually, that's going to go out and trust Bob Wiley. Number two is uh, he sounds like a person scorned. Um, and um, I, I don't think from a Kitchens perspective, uh, I do agree with this moving forward, that what he said yesterday needs to stand. And if any other questions get thrown his way, he needs to move on. But I could understand from him thinking that this is friendly fire. Uh, he could understand it if it's somebody in Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or hmm. New England or whatever it might be yeah. uh, taking shots at him. I think what startled him is that this is a guy that he probably thought was a buddy, a friend, uh, that even if he decided to move on, you know, that's the business of football. Um, you know, it's a, a tough job to be a coach, a tough job to be an assistant coach, a tough job to be a positional coach in college and the National Football League, especially if you have a family, you're constantly moving around. Uh, you've seen, you know, often guys are not moving around or are not staying in, uh, you know, positions, you know, 10, 11, 12 years. Those are the outliers. That's not the norm. So um, I think from a kitchen's perspective, the fact that it came from a guy that he probably thought, you know, that, he had his trust, and it was friendly fire. I think that's why you saw him fire back the way that he did yesterday. Yeah, and then just to circle back to the his like leak memorandum yesterday, ultimatum and don't do it, and that's kind of also on him. He runs a good ship. Everything goes in the right direction. Things are going well. They're winning football games. Um, there won't there won't be leaks, but there's also there's been leaks in New England. I mean, we've had instances where people thought that Bill Belichick kind of you know yeah. planted information to see. Who would put it in the media so we could figure out who on his staff was was speaking? Um, like it's a, it's a nice thought to have from Freddie Kitchens, but it's almost inevitable that someone's going to tell something to somebody in the media off the record anonymously. So he better actually be prepared to fire somebody 
if he's going to or cut well, somebody. But you if also he's have to know without like a shadow that. of a doubt that that guy or gal well, is the leak. Sure, and I mean, and that of, of I and would that's think very is very difficult be his... to do unless right. unless you go on a, a fishing expedition. And what I mean by that is basically play a game of telephone, right? And you throw information out to a certain group of people, and then you start to whittle that information down or whittle the names down based on what gets out to the media. Yeah. And and, and that takes I mean that takes away from your job of, of being the head yes. coach of the Cleveland Browns if that's what you're doing in your spare time. Yeah. Um so again, I want the I I like drama moose. I like fun. No, I'm with I you. like I, intrigue. I'm with you. No, I need this I to happen. It. And that's Listen. gonna be the yeah, like, oh I couldn't figure out who did it. I don't know I can't find the source. Which means if he did find out it was somebody important that he didn't want to actually find. You know what bothers me is this is Wiley, whether it be score and maybe it's jealousy, um, maybe stick it up for his buddy Greg Williams. Um I you know, I, I don't know. What bothers me is that these opportunities life's so short, as we discussed yesterday, you know, talking about Don you know, these opportunity with Don Banks and the passing of the longtime NFL columnist and reporter at fifty six years of age out in Canton, Ohio, um, you know, and it got me thinking is that, you know, if your kitchen's just sitting there, you know, you've got one opportunity to do this job, right? And we know, as you mentioned, you know, whether it be the friendship or the development, I thought it was more so the development of Mayfield and how well he played under the tutelage of of um, Freddie Kitchens that they could not let him slip through his fingers, right? The fact that, you know, you have Wiley going out there, taking shots and trying to minimize the impact or minimize the signing of a guy probably getting a job that he's dreamt about having for the last 10 or 12 years of his life. I think it's, you know, I think it's BS. You know, I, I think it's a terrible look. And I, I feel I actually I honestly felt bad for Kitchens because he's trying to be successful, whether you like him or not, whether you like the, the Southern draw or not, whether or not you think yeah. he earned it. Uh, you know, Bogus, here he is. He's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and he's trying to be successful doing this job, and he's got to deal with this BS coming at him from a guy that he thought was a friend. Yeah, and and right. that, to me, I look at from a, from his perspective. And mind you, I think the Brown, I'm rooting for the Browns this year. I hope they're great. I think it's going to be a fun story. I like the moxie that they have. I like the cockiness that they have. I like the confidence that they have. You know, I don't need to have Bob Wiley going out firing shots at, at Freddie Kitchens and minimizing his impact or minimizing the fact of why he got this job and telling you that basically the reason why he got the job is that he's best friends with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. If I'm going to tell you know Freddie Kitchens to take the high road, then obviously Bob Wiley should have taken the high road in the first place. And, and even if it was completely 100% deserved, you know, if, if, if Freddie Kitchens did him dirty and therefore Bob Wiley owes him no favors, and if everything he said is 100% true, even though all those things are the case – it doesn't serve Bob Wiley well no, to, you hire to say him? what he did. Well, I, I mean, let me ask you. I mean, but I, my point being is that if you look at this scenario. If you are a guy that is, you know, a friend of a friend knows Bob Wiley said you, you get a job, you'd be like, he'd be a good offensive line coach. Seeing what you've seen here the past, you know, 48, 72 hours, would you hire him? Would he be the guy at the top of your list? Would you want to bring him in to be your offensive line coach seeing this? You just have to be really nice to him, I guess. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't. Ne- never fire him. I mean, him. i got to be honest with you. Whatever you need, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, that would not be the guy. I want a guy that's going to keep, even if it even if it goes awry, a guy that's going to, you know, that's going to keep the, not going to be airing the dirty laundry and throwing out there for public consumption. I'm not hiring him. I don't want that. I don't want that nonsense. All of a sudden, I get a job and, 
Uh, Bob Wiley going out there doing radio interviews telling you that you shouldn't have gotten the job? Let me tell you about Moose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think he's this way. He's, he's really this way. He's nothing like a moose. I don't understand <laughs> why anyone calls him that. Uh, what's your take? Uh, did he have an issue with Browns head coach uh, Freddie Kitchens responding to Wiley? What about what Wiley had to say as well? We're just getting going here on this Tuesday morning. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish. It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Your number to call. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free live. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. So we got the show going. Talk a little bit about Bob Wiley, Freddie Kitchens, the Cleveland Browns. He said, he said, going back and forth, the, uh, I would say the verbal verbal sparring between the two. Um, kind of entertaining um, and kind of fun. And we'll see where what Wiley has to say next after Kitchens. You know, fired a shot and then took the high road the rest of the way. I think for him, I think Bogus and myself are both in agreement. Uh, it's time for him to kind of move forward uh, as Brown's head coach and not focus in on uh, Bob Wiley and what he has to say wherever he might be saying it. 855-212-4227. We'll get into Tom Brady's new extension, but there's a little bit of a curveball to it. We'll get into that and also – uh, some thoughts on Andrew Luck in the Indianapolis Colts. But Bokish, he's sitting in with me. Also, his updates this morning. Andrew, what's going on, bud? Moose, let us do a memory lane. Okay. Uh, it was yesterday's edition of Taz and the Moose, yeah. and a gentleman named... Mock, mock, mock! Uh, ...predicted the Mets would beat the Marlins twice yesterday. I did. And that they did. Nobody on, full count. Tie game, the pitch. Swing and a drive to left! That one's going to go to... Home run! Pete Alonso and the Mets take the lead! Wayne Randazzo on the... You really got high there. It's a new thing. It's a new trick. Not literally high. I'm talking about the voice got high. Yeah, me and Pete were discussing this Just so everyone knows that it was... You know, he did not rip a tube before he made that call. I'm talking about the I mean, fact that... I we assume that, he didn't. No, he did not. Okay. He did not. Let's not throw you that out You can confirm there. that. I'm okay. talking about the fact that usually his voice is a little bit deeper. But, uh, and he really... Play that again. Well, let's well, hear one more time. And don't forget that, I, that this happened two weeks ago where you didn't believe it was Wayne. I did not. So this is a new trend for, for Mr. Really Randazzo. It's like a 3-2. And Nobody the on full count. Tie game. The pitch. Swing and a drive to left. That one's going to go to home run. Pete Alonso and the Mets take the lead. You're right. It's like the 3 2 to Alonso. It's like it's got a right. little, it's got a little uh, Chris Russo to it, I feel like. Well, that's it. Like, hey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or he went like he went speed and a half. It's like when you're trying to listen to a podcast. Yeah. You're like, I don't have I don't have a half hour. I have about 22 minutes. So let me go by one and a half speed. <laughs> So everyone's voice sounds a little bit different. That's what Wayne Randazzo, it's almost like he sped up his voice to make sure the ball got out. A little Russo tinge to it as well. 3-2 to Alonzo. Hit the end, he's going back, it's going back, it's gone! So wait a second, is that really the same guy? But you're right, two weeks ago, you played a cut from him, I was like, who the hell is that? And you did not believe me. You're like, that's Wayne Randazzo. I go, that's Randazzo? I go, I've... 
I've talked to Wayne Randazzo. I've heard him on the radio. I've listened to him for years. That sounds nothing like Wayne Randazzo, but there he is again. And if you play that cut for me just without the 3-2 or giving me the balls and strikes and just played the cut, I'd be like, who the hell is that? Uh, who did the Mets bring in the booth? Maybe this is a, a big, sl- pivotal game. <laughs> There's a slow helium leak How in was the, the afternoon there? affair? Uh, it was awesome. You went to the early game? I went to the early game. Give us a game. little feel, 4 o'clock. Four First o'clock, game. sun setting, not too hot, nice breeze, got a hookup for nice uh, seats in the shade. Uh, kids have a great time, a lot of dancing. Wait, you got a hookup. You didn't get free seats. You had to buy them. Oh, so, so yeah, the ticket, the, luckily, we were in a group of people. There were four adults and six kids, and one of the other moms in the group, her mother works in one of the like restaurants within City Field, so she got us to... She snuck us into the little actual section of seats next to the restaurant that's, like, almost kind of empty. So it's, like, the left field corner. It's a great view. The the deck above you is over your head, so we're in the shade. Nice little oh, breeze. Nice. So we don't have to worry about the kids baking and stuff. you publicly telling this story, she's now been fired. No, no, no. Listen, we sat there, and the, a parade of people came out of the restaurant to see her grandkids. So there was no secret to what was oh, going gotcha. on there. It was okay. not... Not an issue whatsoever. All right, well, that's good. Yes. So, you had a, so you had a great time. You stayed for the entire game? Stayed for the entire first game. Okay. Yes, well, that's what a, I'm asking. Did yeah. you stay for it all for the second? Uh, no, not, we barely got through nine innings. So going anything farther than that with the half-hour gap in between games is not going to happen. So you were not there for the back-to-back belly-to-belly? No. To give the Mets the lead and the Swing and a drive to left. left. It's got one. It's going to go, it's too. It's going to go down. Lee, it sounds Marlins like a guy from like the 1950s. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. Right. That's what it sounds like. Right. Look at this thing go. Four wheels and an engine. That one's going to go, too. <laughs> we call him Mr. Ed. <laughs> it's a horse. That can count. It's a horse. Look at him speak. Look at this, children. Step right up. Five cents a ride. <laughs> exactly. Here comes the insulting clown. Oh, would you look at that? The dunk tank. <laughs> this is called a Ferris wheel. <laughs> look at him go. <laughs> That's what Dazzle sound like in that call. It sounded oh. like a guy from like the 1940s doing music. <laughs> it was a long day for Mickey and the Yankees. <laughs> he went over to the Nickelodeon. Right. But Mickey always has time for the kids. Hey, Mick, can I get an autograph? <laughs> sure, son. Look at Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah, it's the voice from a League of Their Own when they're, yes, doing, when they're yes. doing montages. <laughs> That's true. I can see Gina Davis making a split uh, catch right now. That's exactly right. Now about Marla Marla Hooch. Hooch. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I'm like, that's what that noise is. <laughs> it really is. Let's hear Red Dazzle one more time. Let's hear. Oh, sure. Here we go. Nobody on. Full count. Uh. Tie game. The pitch. Time Swing work. and a drive to left. That one's going to go to home run. Pete Alonso and the Mets take the lead. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Next thing you'll tell me we'll be flying cross country in <laughs> Listen, women and listen, guys, men, women, and children, we call this the microwave. In 30 seconds, it can heat up your food. <laughs> Look at how happy Johnny is. He likes his popcorn fresh. <laughs> He's gonna go listen to the TV now. Here's some cotton candy. Right. His favorite part. His favorite. His favorite program. Little Orphan Annie. 
<laughs> Here comes the dark shadow. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. I really is. If Wayne Randazzo actually was a time-traveling announcer yeah. <laughs> from 1930 to now, and he's stunned by everything. What's Miami? What's a Marlin? <laughs> Pitch clock. <laughs> Why is baseball so slow? Can, can we Yesterday's do something about this? Yesterday's game took an hour and ten minutes. So right. I've been here for six hours. Right. What's going on? Right, exactly. <laughs> I used to go to the ballpark, call a game, and be home just in time for supper. What are these mini now I go to the game, the I get home at 3 o'clock in the morning. What's going on here? Shouldn't we be done at 8 o'clock? <laughs> How are we going to see in the dark? Right. What are these Evelyn things? Haley has not only been a member of several championship amateur teams, she's also an accomplished coffee maker. With her husband in the Pacific, Betty Horn enjoys cooking spaghetti. Oh, yeah. With her husband in the Pacific, Betty Horn enjoys cooking spaghetti. Swing and a drive to left. That one's going to go, too. The peaches win. Pete Alonso. Right. Who doesn't enjoy an ice piece of peach cobbler with a scoop of vanilla ice cream? (laughs) (sighs) And there's her kid sister, Kit, who's as single as they come. Enough concentrated room for a whole carload of Hollywood starlets. She'd have a boyfriend if he wasn't in the army right now. That's great. Oh, my goodness. So the Mets did win last night. Yeah, they swept them. Yeah, Michael Conforto Conforto and J.D. Davis home ring before that Alonzo solo shot. All in the seventh inning, they go from... That one's going to go, too. (laughs) From a 4-2 hole to a 5-4 win after a 6-2 victory in the opener. They've now won 11 of 12. They're two and a half games behind the Phillies for the second wild card. Philly, a 7-3 win in Arizona. The Dodgers, the first team to 75 wins after blanking the Cardinals 8-zip. St. Louis 0 for 3 now on a five-game road trip. The Cubs held off the A's at Wrigley 6-5. The Brewers snapped their eight-game skid 9-7 in Pittsburgh. Two more homers for Christian Yelich. Miguel Sano, a game-ending pinch hit, two-run homer in Minnesota. His Twins 5, the Braves 3. Cleveland shut out at home, one nothing by the Rangers. The Yankees, a 9-6 win in Baltimore. And the Red Sox snapped their eight-game skid, 7-5 over the Royals. Jadavion Clowney reportedly planning to report to the Texans after their third preseason game. Mm. The initial guess was Clowney would stay away until week one. He got the franchise tag this offseason, but no long-term commitment, so he's been hanging out at home. And the Cardinals reportedly offered veteran receiver Michael Crabtree a deal after yesterday's workout, but they did not finalize things, so Crabtree is looking elsewhere. Moose? All right. Thank you, Andrew. Um, You're welcome. 855-212-4CBS. We'll get into the Brady and the Andrew Luck news. We will do that next. Uh, It's Mark Malusis and Andrew Bogus. You're locked in. Taz and the Moose on a busy Tuesday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Player of the Week is brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one with uh, who got it done. This week, it's Christian Yelich. Yelich hit two home runs, helping the Brewers defeat the Pirates 9-7 in Pittsburgh. Player of the Week brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back when it comes to the safety and industrial supplies that keep your facility running. Get what you need when you need it at Granger. Dot com. So we kicked off yesterday's program, Andrew and myself, talk a little bit about 
uh, Tom Brady and the two-year contract extension that keeps him in a Patriot uniform uh, in uh, through the 2021 season. New reports out of New England are is that he does there is a, an option, right, or an opt out after the 2020 campaign where he can become a free agent. Well, it's almost like it doesn't. I don't. I'm really confused by this, Moose, and I I almost was going to text Mike last night to be like, can we get on an Andrew Brandt like person to go through this because. He signed a two-year extension that's never going to happen. And and it's and this is not some sneaky Patriot thing. This hap- teams do this all the time. Um so it's just the you know it's it's a trick you can use basically. But he signs for 20 and 21, but those years will never actually be in effect. Like they're never going to happen. The contract voids at the end of this league year, which is in March of 2020. So he's going to be a free agent, technically. He might sign seven seconds later. He may sign a new extension before he's technically a free agent. But this contract, all it does, it's two fake years to just spread out his cap hit and create $5.5 million in space for this year while he gets a raise and a promise of no franchise tag and no transition tag. It's just complete salary cap manipulation. Well, yeah, I mean, but teams do that. Right, right. It's not it's not wrong, but it seems like it should be wrong to me. Like, you should at least have the idea that one, at least one of these years is going to, like, you can have voidable years if there's one actual year involved. Like, you can't, he signed a piece of paper that they have no intention of ever honoring, of never actually putting into effect, never playing under. It's just all nonsense. Well, I mean, it, it, but the opt-out is after the 2020 season, correct? No, but I, I thought what I read yesterday was that it that twenty and twenty one will never happen. That it's, oh, it's I literally. I, it I thought just, I, I thought I read that twenty one won't happen. That twenty that he's got the opt out for two thousand twenty. That the the initial one year deal that the initial year will probably happen. Uh, that's what I thought I read yesterday. I could be wrong, uh, but that's what I thought I read yesterday. Listen. Um, you know, it, it, if it's within the rules of the National Football League to play it out that way, um, then they're well within the rules sure. to do that. Yeah, no, no, my critique is not of them because you should take advantage of every single avenue. It's that this, to me, shouldn't be allowed. Like, it should be something that should change. And I just pulled it up again. So the two additional years, which are 2020 and 2021, they void immediately on March 17th of 2020. So he is a free agent in 20, which is next year. So all this does is it's a one, it's basically a one-year contract, but they throw on these two fake years at the end, which allows them then to stretch right. his cap gotcha. in over three seasons, not just one, which is how it becomes $5.5 million less that the Pats can use right now. So it's just it's just paperwork. And it's just – so, like, I get it, and good for them, smart by them. I just feel like at some point that, that shouldn't be allowed. You should at least have to, like – Pretend that you're going to live under one of at least one no, of these years it. and I have mean, the second one be void. This one just like, yeah, we'll sign this, but it's never going to happen. I mean, but Drew Brees, the Saints did it with him in in 16, right? Sure. It was a five-year deal with three voidable years. So, but it, Right, but at least there were two years that were concrete, that were in there. No, I, I get it. I get it. So I, I understand the, the, the point that you're making is that it's kind of a, you know, a Fugazi two-year extension because he's never going to see the two years because the last, the, 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 the both years are voidable. He gets a bump up in $8 million this year, but they're he's able to spread the, the cap hit and save $5.5 million in cap space because they're able to spread it over three years. But 
if, if that is a loophole that teams are taking advantage of in today's day and age in the National Football League, so be it. I mean, I, listen, here's what it comes down to. Do, do you think Tom Brady's going anywhere? I mean, if he has a bang-up year, don't you expect Tom Brady to be back in a Patriot uniform next year? Yeah, of course, and they'll and they'll do this again, and they'll have another way that they smartly You're are working the You're just bothered by the fact of it of it kind of being a, a lame way of circumventing the rules in the National Football no, League. No, I mean, it's, it's not a critique of them in any way. I, I wish it was, but it's not. Because you should, again, you should take advantage of everything you can. There is no reason, even if if you find a loophole and you're the first one to do it, more power to you for outsmarting the system. Uh, I just think that this shouldn't, somehow shouldn't be allowed. Like, okay. you, you should not be able, you shouldn't be able to do what they are smartly doing right now. So my critique is of the, the setup. Unless I'm missing why it's not as invalid as it seems to be, but there, the, the fact that you can sign someone to a contract that basically doesn't exist from the second you sign it just seems illogical to me. Uh, I, I get it. From I a structural it. standpoint. But for for Joe Fan out there that's listening to us on this Tuesday morning, um, does it impact Brady's future where he might be going someplace else? No. Um, no, just like it didn't, you know, people last week that were like wondering what, where Tom Brady could go like immediately, that that's not happening. But I, I mean, it is interesting that. No, it's interesting the fact that if you want to get into the weeds of dealing with the salary cap, how teams can manipulate the number to get under the number and can play around with veteran salaries to be able to do it. Yeah. And I it, mean, that, that that's the fascinating aspect. But when it comes down to it, for the guy and gal that's, you know, watching that's taken in the NFL that, you know, when you look at the, the future and when you're looking at rosters, is Brady going to be playing quarterback for any other team, you know, uh, next August 2020? No, I, I don't think he is. If he's playing quarterback in the National Football League, I think it's going to be for the New England Patriots. Like I said yesterday, I, I still think it's possible he plays somewhere else before he's done playing. I have a hard time thinking it's next season, but it is 1% intriguing that free agency looms for him at the moment for the first time ever, I think. You know, the point was going as that when the when this news broke on Sunday, one of the kind of the taglines for the story was Brady's never played a season without a contract for the following. He's never been a lame duck, so to speak, right? We've used that with, with head coaches all the time and managers. He's never had one of those seasons. And then he signs this and go, well, he's still never had one because now he's got a two year extension for twenty and twenty one. Then we find out that, you know, Sure, he technically does, but he's never going to see those two years. And now he's going to be, theoretically, possibly, probably, maybe for five minutes, a free agent. Which, I guess, opens the door slightly to something crazy happening, but not even a little tiny bit. Well, yeah, I mean, you say open the door slightly. I'd be stunned. uh, That's a fair word. I mean, I'd I'd be absolutely stunned if Tom Brady's putting on another uniform next year, if he has a bang-up year, and that he's not a New England Patriot. Um, I mean, even if he's terrible this year, I can't imagine that that would be the immediate. Well, if they have a down year, well, yeah, because I don't think there's anybody to step in immediately. I think they'd probably give him one more year, and then if he has another down year, that would be it for Tom Brady as an NFL quarterback. But um, I don't, you know, that's where I look at when I when I think of contracts. I think about player movement. I think about teams uh, changing, uh, players putting on different uniforms. I okay, yes, you're right. I mean, it's it's a, a way of of getting around the cap number. It's a way of creating a little bit more cap space. It's a way of 
of giving you an opportunity to add more talented players. And Brady's always done right by the New England Patriots. He has. He's never demanded for them to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. He's never asked for the most money. He's always given back. He's always restructured deals. He's always looked to have more talented players around him. That's the way that Tom Brady has worked up there in Foxborough. Now, and he doesn't have to worry about money. You know, he, he's married to, you know, a retired supermodel in Giselle. So, I mean, money is, is not a problem for their entire family, and that's great for them. But I could never see Tom Brady, if he had a great year this year, ever playing for another team other than the New England Patriots. Would you I even, don't see him being a Brett Favre going to the Jets. I, I just don't see that. If he, if they don't do something different at after the season, if they actually let him hit the open market, so to speak, in a technical sense where he is a free agent and can take calls from other teams, would you even call him? I would not. If you were somebody else. I think it's a waste of my time. Okay. Don't you think it's a waste of your time? Why am I going to – you know, the time is precious. Why, <laughs> why am I going to waste my time spending a half hour, hour, whatever it might be, maybe going to meet Tom Brady at his house? Why am I going to do all that when I really believe as an organization he has no intention of ever leaving the Patriots? Yeah, you, you, think he, you think he honestly would call and look at Robert Kraft and say, uh, after Kraft and, and him have a father-son relationship and say – Listen, I'm out the door with a contract on the table from the New England Patriots. But it would be great if he calls, like, um, the Titans just offered me $24 million for this year. Your yeah, thoughts, right. Bob. Yeah, exactly. Your <laughs> thoughts on that. bargaining. Right. Be like, well, enjoy Tennessee. <laughs> Good luck. I hear the barbecue is great. So is the country music. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, I, that's where you look at that relationship. As long as he continues to play well, uh, that relationship... Uh, we'll continue. We'll go camping. The campgrounds come your way next. Taz moves bogus in the house. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.